This is Patrick Womack with the morning update. All of Major League Baseball continues to mourn the loss of Jordano Ventura and Andy Marte just a little over 24 hours after hearing the devastating news of two separate fatal car accidents in the Dominican Republic. Ace Ventura was a real contributor to the Royals' 2014 AL Championship and 2015 World Series title runs. Marte was once considered a top prospect who spent his career between three teams, most notably the Cleveland Indians. Both men will be greatly missed. The Green Bay Packers suffered defeat to the Atlanta Falcons 44-21 on Championship Sunday. Matt Ryan was on fire going 27-38 for 38 with 392 yards and four touchdowns. The AFC Championship game ended with the Patriots on top, 36-17 to over the Steelers. With major credit going toward Chris Hogan, who completed nine receptions for 180 yards and two touchdowns. Now, the stage is set. Will we see the Atlanta Falcons hashtag rise up and win their first championship, or will the Patriots take hashtag one more? The Dallas Mavericks hosted the Los Angeles Lakers yesterday, and they put a beating on them, 122-73, marking the largest margin of defeat in Lakers franchise history. The Mavs had seven players with double-digit points, with Justin Anderson leading the pack with 19. Tune in Wednesday as the Mavericks will take on the New York Knicks at the American Airlines Center. The pregame show starts at 6.30, tip-offs at 7.30, right here on the home of the Mavericks, 103.3 ESPN. This has been Patrick Womack with your morning update, 103.3 ESPN. It's time once again for Around the Bases with your host, Patrick Womack. Patrick Womack here with Around the Bases, and we've got quite a show for you today, featuring one of our favorite segments, Ragers Roundup. So keep your phones nearby and be ready to call in a little later on in the show. Also stay tuned for our very special guest, Jared Sandler, who will be joining us before we sign off today. But for now, it's time to talk about Dim Boys. Holla, 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 we the boys. one boy in particular, Tony Romo. You see, it's been a long time coming, but with this being Super Bowl weekend, that means the football season is ending. Ah, I believe that makes it all the more appropriate to look forward to 2017 and officially pass the baton from Team Romo to Team Dak. Now with that said, don't get me wrong, I'm not forgetting about Team Romo. That's not possible. I will forever remember being a part of Team Romo because he's one of my favorite Dallas Cowboys of all time. Now, for those of you that think I'm crazy in saying that, please understand something. I didn't get into sports until 2000. And then it was just predominantly baseball. By the time I got into sports, I missed out on Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith. The only ones that I can remember looking up to is Tony Romo and Jason Witten. And I could go on for hours talking about both of them. But I'm going to focus on Tony Romo. And another reason I think that this is appropriate right now is all these headlines that are going on about Tony right now. The Romo wants revenge on the Dallas Cowboys or Tony's only going to go to one of four teams, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Denver Broncos, or who cares? Yeah, that's right, who cares? You know why who cares? Because that's fake news, you're fake news, he's fake news. <laughs> okay, sorry, sometimes I get carried away. But no, that's a crying shame because all Tony tried to do in his 
10 years of being a starter was make America's team great again. <laughs> okay, sorry. I promise that was it. But no, I, I'm not doing this tonight for to say to Tony Romo, oh, bye Romo, nice knowing you. No, this is a thank you to Tony Romo for your 10 years of giving it your very best. And you know, just like all of us, with Tony Romo, it had to start somewhere. And it did in 2003 when he was signed as an undrafted free agent. He wasn't a top draft pick. Heck, he wasn't a draft pick at all. You could almost say he was the bottom of the barrel. Which is ironic because I talked to Jared Sandler about this uh, not too long ago. And he will be on the show later on, just so you know. And I 100% agree with him that athletes that come from nothing tend to have more success. That's not a shot toward the top draft picks or anything. I think maybe there could be an argument that they want it more. Because they have nothing. They have nothing to lose. It's that passion that they want to drive through a wall and succeed. I definitely think that's the case with Tony Romo. He had an amazing career. And I shouldn't say had because hopefully it still continues if he wants it to. But I definitely compare that to myself. And I feel like I'm at the bottom of the barrel. And I want to drive through walls and do everything I can. But I don't have a college degree. I'm trying to become a professional sports broadcaster. And I have very minimal experience. But it's my passion and my drive that's going to keep me going forward and lead to my success. And I truly believe there's something behind that. And that's exactly why I look up to Tony Romo as a role model. is because he was able to succeed from nothing. And and that's, that's just huge. And take nothing away from the guy statistically. I mean, for crying out loud, he's the Dallas Cowboys all-time passing leader with 34,183 yards. He also threw for more touchdowns than any other quarterback in Cowboys history with 248. And, I mean, just to continue to talk about Tony Romo, what about him as a person? I mean, goodness gracious, the, I've got to believe that this guy is definitely a good guy. Let's go back to 2008. The couple on the side of the road that had a flat tire, Tony pulled over and helped him. Did he have to? No. I, I don't think that he believed there's a camera nearby. i got to believe he did that because he's a good person. And this is all things that Tony Romo that he did that really should put a positive vibe in Cowboys fans when they look back and think about Tony Romo. And that's what I'm hoping. If I could ask Dallas Cowboys fans anything, just look back and truly realize how much Tony Romo means to Dallas. Uh, He took a team to the playoffs four years. Yes, he never won a Super Bowl. But I would hate to believe that a Super Bowl ring defines the career of a quarterback. I would hate to believe that. And though, as I'm spectating football, that's the case. And I think that's a shame. Tony Romo had an amazing career. And I definitely don't think that a Super Bowl win should define be his defining moment the fact that he was a starter for 10 years for a Dallas Cowboys team 
and he holds the records that he holds should stand enough. So, what I'm trying to say here is, thank you, Tony Romo. Thank you for being a starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys for 10 years. Thank you for always giving the game everything you had. And thank you for always being a role model that someone like me and hopefully a lot of other people could look up to. You know, I think another reason I look up to Tony Romo is how devout of a Christian he is because I am the same. And uh, when Tony said, having Jesus in your life gives you everlasting peace, which never goes away. It helps you handle the ups and downs of professional football. Well, Tony, whether you have ups or downs in your future, I wish you the very best. And I really hope fans see you in a positive light, like I do. And with that said, we'll be right back after this commercial break with Rangers Roundup. We're talking who's on first for your Rangers next season. So now's your time to call in 724-444-7444. That number again is 724-444-7444. Call in now. Bum, 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 Rangers Roundup. Come on, gather around, bum, 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 Rangers Roundup. Don't stay in the background. It's your time to call in now, so don't miss your chance to talk about the reigning, defending AEL West champs. Rangers Roundup. Welcome back to Around the Bases. Patrick Walmack here with you to bring one of our favorite call-in segments, Rangers Roundup. For those of you that missed it, today we are asking the question, who's on first for the Texas Rangers this upcoming season? I've talked about it before on the show, but now I want to hear what you think, even if your answer comes from way out of left field. (laughs) Man, I love this topic, because if you look back recently in Rangers history, you've had Mitch Moreland or Mitch Moreland and Prince Fielder, or Mike Napoli and Mitch Moreland, maybe Chris Davis. We really haven't had a reason to debate. We've always known who's on first. That's exactly right. Now on to the caller, that number again, in case you missed it, 724-444-7444. The first caller today of Rangers Roundup is Marcus of Azel. Marcus, who's on first for the Texas Rangers this upcoming season? Hey, uh, I think they should give Sinshu Chu uh, try at first base. I think it could cut down on his injury risk, and which would make him more productive as a ranger. Okay. You know what? Shinsu Chu is signed to a contract through 2020, if I'm not mistaken. And that very well could be a possibility in upcoming years. For this year, I just don't see that helping the Rangers. Um, I think they need to keep Shinsu Chu at a DH role slash maybe right field for a few games here and there. I think they've got better options at first base defensively. Jeff Bannister always preaches defense. And I just don't know if Shinsu Chu, especially right now, is that defensive answer at first base. Um, I do like that maybe in the future because in, in the coming years, you've got Adrian Beltre, who signed through 2018. 
who's going to have to have somewhere to play. Not sure if he's going to be able to continue playing third base. And Shin Su Chu signed through 2020. And I know he's not going to be able to play the outfield forever. And we can't put multiple people at DH, so there's going to have to be a first baseman. Maybe that's Shin Su Chu. I don't think that's the case for 2017. Um, I think the Rangers have far better options in their internal options already. Um, I also believe the Rangers would have already had to approach Shin Su Chu and tell him, hey, we're looking to move you to first base and already get him in the process of moving position. So not seeing it for 2017, but you know what? I think you might be on the right track for later on down the line. And with that said, we're going to move on to our second caller. We've got Leslie in Dallas. Leslie, who's on first for the Texas Rangers this upcoming season? Well, what do you think about Josh Hamilton? I think it would keep him on the field, and I think he'd be more productive on the plate. You know what? I love Josh Hamilton. I absolutely love Hambone. The thing is, if he's healthy, and I think that's a tremendous if, because if he's healthy, that's going to be the Rangers' primary goal is to get him in the lineup. If he's not, obviously there's nothing we have to worry about. Can we see him as a primary target for first base? I don't think so. But like I said, if he's healthy, they will utilize him, whether that be in left field, right field, DH, or first base, because he is taking reps at first. They will use Josh Hamilton because they will have that bat in their lineup when he's healthy. Um, And, man, I really hope the guy is healthy. A healthy Josh Hamilton in that already good lineup just adds all the more to our depth. And I think that's tremendous. Uh, Can I see him playing first base every day? I think that's going to be a revolving position if Josh Hamilton was in the mix. But, yes, I agree 100%. Josh Hamilton is definitely an option at first base. And uh, with that said, it's time to go to our final caller of Rangers Roundup. And that is Bobby in Fort Worth. Hey, Bobby, who's on first for the Texas Rangers this upcoming season? I think Ryan Rua and Jerkson Profar playing first would give you more batting average. They may not hit for as much power, but they would be your singles and doubles machine to push runners on around and keep them in scoring position to keep innings going. And every once in a while, you can throw one out there in left field. You know what, Bobby? I am so glad you brought up Ryan Rua and Jurickson Profar. Those are my two Rangers to watch for 2017. And with the current standing right now as the roster is, I think they are the best to take that first base role. Um. You know, and for multiple reasons. I want to give Delino DeShields a chance in left field. He's slimmed down over the offseason. He's got amazing speed. And I think that he can return to form of what he did a few years back and be a prominent role in this Rangers lineup. I mean, at one time, he was the kind of glue that held that lineup together. With him in the lineup, they performed much better. And then that also opens it up to another person that I'm just so rooting for as much as I can, and that's Drew Robinson. The guy is a super utility player. He's 24 years old. He hit 20 home runs in the minors last year. 
And like I said, he can play almost anywhere. So it opens this depth up so much. And you're absolutely right. Ryan Rue and Jerkson Profar are both the guys that it's on them. We have to see what they can do this season. We know what their potential is. We should have seen it by now. This is their time to show that they're not just kind of a flash in the pan almost, if you want to say, or, you know, minor league prodigies, whatever you want to call them. They're not that. No, they are. They can meet up their potential. Ryan Rua facing left-handed pitching. Jerks and Profar facing right-handed pitching. It's like the, I want to call them the dynamic duo kind of there at first base. And I'm really excited to see that. And you know what? And that brings me to the next thing, because my opinion at first base is still going to be Mike Napoli. I think sometime before spring training, this deal gets done. And that opens Ryan Rua and Jerkson Profar to go to left field. Still the perfect combination. You can use Delino to Shields as that kind of defensive replacement late in the game. And I think it just opens the lineup to a whole lot more versatility. And I'm a huge fan of that. Um, I really, really think that this team is going in the right place. And first base looks like it may have a potential uh, suitor right now. But, of course, we're going to find that out in spring training. But like I said, I think Napoli returns and swoops it up for the most part. Um, and then you're going to have guys like maybe Josh Hamilton, possibly Jonathan Lucroy taking some days off at catcher to play first. Just multiple different options that the depth would open up from getting Mike Napoli. But absolutely with Ryan Rue and Profar, like I said, huge fans of both of them. And I really they're my players to watch in 2017. So with that said, that's all the time we have here today on Rangers Roundup. But please, guys, stay tuned in because when we come back, we have our very special guest, Jared Sandler, joining us. You don't want to miss that. Okay, people, it's showtime! <laughs> hey, I'm Super Trader. My name is Bartleby. Hello, um, gangs. Hey, hey, I'm Sherman Trader. Gangs, gangs. South Harmon Institute of Technology. Plenty of successful people who didn't go to college. Patrick Womack back here with Around the Bases, and I'm very happy to say we're joined at this time by the pre- and post-game show host for the Texas Rangers, Jared Sandler. Jared, how are you doing? Hey, Patrick. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear it and glad to have you on. You know, uh, me knowing how big of a Blake Lively fan you are, uh, the intro music that you just heard in this segment is kind of meant to test your knowledge of her movies. Can you tell us what Blake Lively movie that song was featured on? I can. It's uh, the first movie I ever saw of Blake Lively's. It's what hooked me on to the, the Blake Lively craze, and that's the movie accepted with Blake Lively and Jonah Hill and Justin Long and uh, the rest of a pretty, pretty underrated crew, if you ask me. Well, that's awesome, and that's absolutely right. I mean, uh, not that I intended to put you on the spot or anything, but I knew you would have the answer, just like I knew Blake Lively's character, Nancy, would survive in the shallows. Of course. It would have been, it would have been a tragedy if uh, she did not survive. And, and I think I was ready to jump through the screen about seven different times when she was facing danger, because I wanted to be her Superman. I wanted to save her, and I figured that 
if I did, as unrealistic as that would be, maybe she would uh, she would drop Ryan Reynolds and uh, she would realize that her real Prince Charming's waiting for her in Dallas, Texas. Well, absolutely. I mean, we can always hope, can't we? I mean, I have uh, <laughs> the one that I love is Selena Gomez, so I have the same fantasies all the time about her. So I well, let's go on a double date her. next Saturday. You, me, Selena, and Blake. We'll go bowling. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I know you're getting ready to head on to spring training um, out in Surprise, Arizona. Can you describe the type of experiences that you've had while hanging out with the Texas Rangers out at spring training? Well, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's really cool. You know, we spend so much time watching these guys play games. I think for me, the, the coolest part about spring training is getting to watch them do drill work and to, to actually practice. You know, once the baseball season starts, they really don't practice at all. In spring training, they they have, to some degrees, practices. And to, to watch guys at that level do drills and to work on their craft is really special. And then I think just from a fan standpoint, you get to really be up close and personal with them. Uh, you know, you don't get nearly the same type of access in the regular season. And, and frankly, the players don't grant you the same type of access because uh, they're a little more locked in. The atmosphere in Arizona and, and Florida uh, is more relaxed, and players are willing to shoot the breeze with fans and just kind of kick it with them and sign autographs and just have fun with the fans. Uh, so I think it's really neat. It's a really cool place to be. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I think we all would prefer in every single sport that the preseason period, the spring training, the training camp, what have you, would be a little bit shorter. I think it's just because we're so excited to get the season going. Uh, but the spring training experience is really neat. Well, absolutely, and that's great. And uh, so awesome that we have a family-friendly environment like spring training. Um, and I noticed you mentioned they're practicing um, and they're preparing for the regular season. Well, you yourself as a broadcaster, can you kind of elaborate on some of the things that you do to prepare for the regular season? Yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, in spring training, you get the chance to do a lot of broadcasts. Uh, you know, we're broadcasting every single game. So, uh, yeah, for broadcasters, it's a practice grounds as well. It's just kind of to get your rhythm back and to get into the swing of things. You know, for me, I know that I spend less time preparing information on individual players for the opposing teams and more time just trying to get the fundamentals of doing play-by-play down uh, and doing color down as well and, and you know, continuing to – analyze and then a lot of the work that uh you know we do for the season is done in spring training and that's taking time to talk to players talk to coaches about players talk to players about players uh, do a lot of research talk to other broadcasters about their teams uh, do a lot of the the research to have an understanding of where each team is at that point in the year because when a team comes to arlington or when the rangers travel on the road even if it's in july or september a part of that team's story is where they were in March. And it's always good to know where a team is, but also where a team is coming from. So uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of preparation that's maybe not done for the individual spring training broadcasts, but for the regular season broadcasts. And the spring training broadcasts, I don't want to say are going through the motions. It's not, it's not that in a lazy way. It's just getting the rhythm and getting the feel back down for doing play-by-play. Well, that's awesome, and um, I mean, that's great to hear from me trying to become a sports broadcaster, um, that there is such a relationship value with the players, because I've spoke on many levels about the relationships that I've had with certain players, and I think that that's great that 
you get to continue that. So that's that's really awesome. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. Well, as you said, it's it's good that we're in spring training for multiple reasons. Um, one being, as you mentioned, baseball is back finally, and also because it's a good time to see the holes being filled and rosters coming together. What do you feel the best solution is for the Rangers to fill the holes of first base, DH, and even their outfield? Yeah, I mean, I think to me there's one move that helps plug all three of those holes, and that's signing Mike Napoli. And my guess is that something gets done. Uh, I don't imagine anything will get done before February 14th, though, because it's on that date when the Rangers can utilize their 60-day DL spots uh, and in so doing, they open up spots on the 40-man roster. Uh, Jake Beekman and Prince Fielder will immediately go to the 60-day DL, and that gives the Rangers two spots to use to, to sign guys and not have to release or place someone through waivers in the process of that. And so I think Mike Napoli will become a Ranger. My guess is something gets agreed upon in advance of February 14th and then a contract sign on the 14th. And the reason why that helps all three holes isn't because Mike Napoli will play all three positions – uh, but he'll probably be a primary first baseman, DHing a little bit. But in putting Mike Napoli at first base, you now move the jerks and profile Ryan Rua platoon from first base to the outfield. And I think the reason why the Rangers have an outfield hole isn't because they you know, aren't able to just fill the three outfield spots. They can do that really well with Carlos Gomez, Nomar Mazzara, and Shinsu Chu. The problem is they're filling those outfield spots well offensively, not defensively. Uh, simply put, an outfield with Carlos Gomez in the middle, who is a very good center fielder, but on the corners with Shin Chu, Nomar Mazar, that's, an whole, that's just a horrible outfield defensively. You add Ryan Rue or Jerkson Profar to a corner spot, you take Shin Chu and make him a DH, all of a sudden you don't have a gold glove caliber defensive unit uh, as a whole in the outfield, but you've got a, a good defensive outfield because Ryan Rue is a good defensive outfielder. We believe that Jerkson Profar has the ability to grow into a good defensive outfielder. And Nomar Mazzara, even though he's not good defensively, he does have a really good arm. So at the very least, your weakest outfielder probably has your best arm. So he does have a tool that you can use to your advantage. Okay, well, awesome. So basically what uh, I'm hearing is you think that Mike Napoli is going to kind of signify a form of glue for this team and be just what they need so that way they can use their versatility to their advantage um, and really fill those holes in one move. I mean, you get the bat, you get the veteran leadership, and you get the way to use all your versatility that you need to use. And yeah, I think, I mean, it's kind I, of I think all- Mike Napoli helps. I don't want to make it seem like he's a cure-all. I mean, Mike Napoli is definitely not a savior, but at this point of the game, when you consider the options both guys who you presume are available via trade and free agents. Mike Napoli is probably the best remaining option at this point. Well, that's awesome. And I think it's all the more fitting that, or ironic, maybe I should say, that this could possibly happen on Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mike Napoli and Valentine's Day. That's a match made in heaven. There you go. All right. Well, Jared, great stuff as always. I mean, we definitely look forward to hearing more from you in the year. Um, if you'll, if you don't mind coming on with us, uh, but thanks for joining us on the show. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you. And I mean, you're welcome back anytime. Thanks Patrick. Enjoy the show. Thanks. And with that, so we, that's all the time that we have for today, but 
Thank you for tuning into Around the Bases. As always, I'm your host, Patrick Womack, saying enjoy your Super Bowl weekend, and let's go Falcons. <laughs>